0: Welcome to the WBGO Journal. I'm Doug Doyle. Today, we hear about the strong connection between the new musicians who are part of the class of 2023 NEA Jazz Masters.
1: It represents the the profound legacy and lineage of jazz from Detroit.
0: WBGO's Gary Walker chats with pianist Bill Charlap, who is curating Jazz in July, the annual series now in its 37th year at the 92nd Street
2: Y in New York City. You can expect us to really be listening to each other. You can expect it to swing all kinds of tunes and songs and compositions.
0: And we'll find out about the plans for this year's Montclair Jazz Festival from executive producer and singer, Melissa Walker.
3: How can we make the Montclair Jazz Festival a a greater and longer experience? And so the festival is really divided into three segments.
0: All this coming up today on the WBGO Journal. Three fantastic musicians born and raised in Detroit, saxophonist Kenny Garrett, drummer Louis Hayes, and violinist Regina Carter, are now recognized as NEA Jazz Masters. The announcement this week from the National Endowment for the Arts they'll join producer and author Sue Mingus in the program's 2023 class of inductees, receiving what is often described as the nation's highest honor for jazz. Each inductee will receive a $25,000 award, and according to long-standing custom, they'll be honored in a Gala NEA Jazz Masters Tribute Concert to be held on April 1st of next year. That concert, presented in collaboration with the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C., will be free to attend with a reservation and webcast live at npr.org and arts.gov. Critic Mark Stryker spoke this week to WBGO's Nate Chenin. Stryker's book, Jazz from Detroit, published in 2019, includes chapters devoted to each of the three musician honorees, and he talks about this week's NEA Jazz Masters announcement.
1: It represents the, the profound legacy and lineage uh, of jazz from Detroit uh, and the influence that this city has had on this music over the last you know, 75 years. And what is particularly uh, compelling about this announcement today is that you've got two uh, generations of Detroit jazz musicians. Uh, Louis Hayes represents this grand explosion of, of, of bebop in, in Detroit in the 1940s and 50s, and Louis comes to New York and has a profound career with, you know, Cannonball Adderley and Horace Silver and Oscar Peterson and A Thousand Records and all of that. And then a full generation later, you get Kenny Garrett and Regina Carter uh, coming to New York and having a a major impact on jazz at the end of the 20th and the beginning of the 21st century. Just in, 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 in the sweep of those three names, you see Detroit's ongoing influence in this music both Regina and and Kenny, you know, are products of a community that raises jazz musicians. Um, Both, you know, were, were protégés of Marcus Belgrave. but it's not just Marcus. There's a whole Mm -hmm. strata of musicians here that have been committed to training the next generation. In fact, mentorship is, is a, is a big part of the DNA of, of Detroit jazz, and it goes all the way back to Barry Harris in the 1950s.
0: You can read much more about the NEA Jazz Masters honorees at wbgo.org. One of the hip, cool events in the heat of the summer is Jazz in July, the annual series now in its 37th year at the 92nd Street Y in New York City. Curated by the stellar pianist Bill Charlap, this series happening July 19th, 21st, 26th, and 28th features Joshua Redman joining the Bill Charlap trio, three pianos of Charlap, Kenny Barron and Aaron Deal, singer Samara Joy with saxophonist Joe Lovano, Vibrous Warren Wolf, Bill Sharlap, and others, guitarist Mike Stern meeting up with saxophonist Chris Potter and Nicole Glover, and more. Recently, Daybreak host Gary Walker talked with Bill Sharlap about the series and these musical come-togethers that only happen once.
2: How many years is this for you at the 92nd Street Y? This is my 17th year as Artistic Director of Jazz in July. We've covered all of the great American songbooks. Ugh.
4: Phil Woods, Joe Lomano, Barry Harris, Tom Harrell, Ray Bryant, Frank West, Trio DePaz, Dr. Billy Taylor, and many, many others.
2: Hank Jones, Cedar Walton, Linton Marsalis, <laughs> oh uh, James Moody, Jimmy Heath, Benny Golson, Cecile McLaurin Salvant, Diane Reeves, Kurt Elling, all of my heroes.
4: It gives you an idea and when you put this together it takes does it take you almost a year to come up with the concept and the ideas because many times you have this focus that brings together players some of which for the very first time such as the opening for this year's series which is on tuesday july 19th at seven thirty p.m at the 92nd street y And this is the first-time collaboration with your trio and the wonderful saxophonist Joshua Redman. How did that come
2: about? Well, as you said, it does take time. And in this case, it took about 20 years because uh, I remember uh, meeting up with Joshua. Uh, I don't quite remember where it was, but it was backstage at a concert that either he or I was playing or maybe both. And he said, I'd love to play with the trio sometime. I'd say, I'd love to play with you sometime. And I know we would love that. And uh, here it is coming to fruition. And we're delighted to be able to be together and to play some music together. I'm a great fan of Joshua Redman's entire ethos and his magnificent tenor saxophone playing.
4: So when I show up on the 19th, what can I expect with your trio and Joshua Redman?
2: My trio, of course... Peter Washington at the bass and Kenny Washington at the drums. And we've had that wonderful chemistry together for 25 years, and it's just continued to grow. Uh, What can you expect? You can expect us to really be listening to each other. You can expect it to swing. You can expect a varied um, program of all kinds of tunes and songs and compositions everything from Billy Strayhorn and Monk to Irving Berlin. So that's what you can expect. And you can expect us to really be extemporaneous. You know, we're just going to walk in and throw down as much rehearsal as we need and as little as possible. That's my adage. You know, that's the excitement
4: of uh, being in the live jazz situation, Uh, To begin with, it's always inventive in the moment, and the sparks fly, and the camaraderie is instantaneous. I mean, you've just returned from from Montreal, where you did a wonderful duet. You've done a few of these over the past few months with Dee Dee Bridgewater.
2: Yes, we've done quite a few, and we have a beautiful chemistry together. Uh, Playing duets with Dee Dee Bridgewater is just 100% improvisation from start to finish. And there's so much trust together. And she's such a great artist, a great musician, of course, a great singer, of course, but also a great storyteller and a great actor and a great communicator. And Didi is fearless she will jump in the deep end of the pool and take all kinds of risks and we really trust each other and the chemistry was instant and it keeps spiraling upward so
4: we're talking about the 19th with bill Sharlab, peter washington and kenny washington kicking off the 37th jazz in july at the 92nd street Y special guest joshua redmond
2: who's also fearless Oh, yes. <laughs> in well, in any situation. One of the great voices of our time, one of the great uh, voices in improvisation is what I mean. His voice is through the tenor saxophone and uh, a great virtuoso, of course, a great artist.
4: Now, now two nights later, on July the 21st, seven, these concerts start at 7.30 p.m. That's right. On, on the 21st, three fantastic pianists, yourself, Aaron Deal and Kenny Barron, along with Noriko Ueda and the masterful drum work of Lewis Nash. Three pianos coming together. You know, I remember, you know, in Japan many years ago, what was a concert they had? 100 Pianos, I think.
2: 100 Golden Fingers, it was called. (laughs) That's what it was. I did one of those tours, and it was magnificent. Uh, We had also a rhythm section of, well, Bob Cranshaw and Grady Tate. You can't do better than that. And the pianists were myself, Rene Rosnes, Eric Reed, Benny Green, Don Friedman, Junior Mance, Cedar Walton, Kenny Barron, Ray Bryant, and the late, great James Williams. Can you imagine all of that piano? So you must
4: think of that kind of situation in your mind anyway. (laughs) That's
2: right. This is 30 golden
1: fingers
2: (laughs) in this particular case. And that gives us all a little bit more space to play together. That was the only flaw with traveling uh, with 100 golden fingers. If everybody had... uh, as much time as they might have liked to stretch out and express themselves, we would have a hundred hour concert. So <laughs> in this case though, uh, the great Kenny Barron will be playing duets with myself and with Aaron Deal and also playing uh, his brilliant solo improvisations that he does. And Aaron Deal and I will be playing together. Uh, We'll be playing some trios and uh, with and without the rhythm section and all kinds of wonderful things happening that way, extemporaneous things and instant orchestration that happens with two pianos nested, just like they are in my house. For those of you that don't know, uh, Bill's uh, other half is
4: the wonderful pianist, uh, Rainy Rosnes. So the two of you come together and go back and forth on a, on a daily basis, do you get do you sit down at the
2: piano almost every day when you're home? Of course. Well, no, actually, it's more about uh, you know uh, spending time together, or maybe watching a movie or making dinner. It's rare that we just decide. You know, I think that the, in the Hollywood movie of our lives, they'll have us sitting down at the piano at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But it's more like uh, as we approach anything that we do. If we have a gig, yeah, we might get together and and play a little bit. And it does happen from time to time. Maybe Rainey's writing some new music or I'm playing something and we'll sit down and just have some fun. But uh, it isn't exactly a daily occurrence, actually. It's something that's a little bit more rarefied and special than that, even though the pianos are right here. And that's the center of our lives is music. How about a once
4: in a lifetime occurrence? And that's what's happening (laughs) at the 92nd Street Y. Yes. On the nineteenth and here on the twenty-first, three legendary pianists together, Noriko Ueda and Lewis Nash and Long. And we're with Bill Sharlap today. This is one of the concerts that is online as well as live, correct? That's
2: that's right. And uh I'd love to say also about Aaron Deal, he's such a magnificent pianist, and he's doing all kinds of wonderful things with symphony orchestra and uh, all kinds of imaginative programs that he's been doing recently. He was at Birdland playing the 24 Preludes of Roland Hanna. Now that's a very unusual program and what a wonderful program. And he's uh, got all kinds of music that he's exploring all the time. I really admire him. And of course, it goes without saying that I, along with the whole world, uh, has the greatest admiration for uh, NEA jazz master Kenny Barron, of whom there is none greater. And Noriko Ueda is just a beautiful bass player. She is an effervescent player who is always connected to the players around her. And uh, Lewis Nash is like the well, he's uh, directly in line with Joe Jones and Billy Higgins. He has that kind of effervescence in the way that he just lifts the rest of the rhythm section and the players that he plays with. So,
4: and the thing is too, if you take it on the road, uh, Aaron can uh, fly into your next gig, right? I believe, <laughs> I believe yes. he's a pilot.
2: <laughs> yes, actually I was thinking, <laughs> you know, one of my dear friends, Mike Ladon, is also a, uh, Besides being a great pianist, he's a great organist as well, as you know. And I am the director of jazz studies at William Patterson University. Now, last year, we added to our uh, wonderful program a Hammond B3 organ because it was important that we had that at the school. And so last summer, I'll I'll make this short (laughs) because you made me think of it because it's funny. Of course, Aaron Deal is a pilot. He can fly an airplane. Well, I remember that Mike and I were searching for various different organs. That were available, you know, we had to find the right instrument and we took various road trips up the Taconic State or into uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, up into Hyde Park, New York. And it was Bill and Mike's excellent adventure, driving the car, going up there, spending a nice day together, uh, talking stuff to each other and uh, listening to music. Anyway, I was thinking it would be great if they had a camera. It would be a terrific reality show. And I think that the credits at the end should be me and Mike with Aaron Deal in the middle, flying the plane, just credits, nothing said, just the credits going, we're just there. And and uh, Aaron says, what's your vector, Victor? You know, <laughs> does all of them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've, I, I'm amazed at what a polymath of a person Aaron Deal is. He flies planes and he flies uh, music. He does indeed.
4: And look for them to take flights on the 21st as part of this year's Jazz in July. We're chatting with Bill Charlotte. We talked about Bill and working with great vocalists like Dee Dee Bridgewater coming up on the second week of uh, the Jazz in July series on Tuesday, July the 26th. Special guest Samara Joy joins, check this out Bill Charlotte, David Wong, Carl Allen, Warren Wolf, and Joe Lovano.
2: That's a pretty nice band, and that's really a truly all-stars all the way. Everybody there is such a unique individual, and I know that the chemistry is going to be beautiful with all those players. And uh, it's unique, you know, to have Warren Wolf and Joe Lovano together with Carl Allen and David Wong. I'm so lucky. I'm a kid in a candy store during this festival because I'm playing with so many of my heroes and favorite people in music, uh, younger people, older people, people of my generation, all kinds of conceptions. And it's really uh, about the magical chemistry that happens together when we play together. So I get to be the host of all these concerts, and I get to be the piano player. How lucky can you get? That's a pretty wonderful thing that I inherited from my mentor, Dick Hyman, who was the artistic director for 20 years before me.
4: You know it's jazz when it's July in New York City at the 92nd Street Y, four incredible nights. Now, this night we're talking about with Joe and Warren Wolf, yourself, David Wong, Carl Allen, and
2: the wonderful Samara Joy. Did you come up with this grouping? Well, sure. I uh, came up with all of them. That's my job. That's why they call me artistic director, Uh and uh, among other things. You know, Samara Joy is really making such a great name for herself already. She's spiraling upward at a very fast pace, and there's a really good reason for it. It's because she's absolutely wonderful. She has a glorious voice and a glorious interpretation of the songs. Uh, it's just one of the most mellifluous sounds in the universe today, the way that she sings. And she's... Uh, just ever onward, upward all the time. She continues to develop, and I know that she's going to be a really big star in the firmament of this music. And uh, I just love the way that she sings, and I can't wait to hear her and to play music with her.
0: WBGO's Gary Walker with Bill Charlotte. You can get much more information about this year's Jazz in July series at the 92nd Street Y at 92NY.org.
1: It only happens once I'll never feel that thrill again It only happens once And I have known it then.
3: Since I
1: lost you, dear one, nothing seems to be the same. I try
4: hard, but it's no use.
0: Listening to the WBGO Journal, I'm Doug Doyle. The Montclair Jazz Festival began in 2010, and I don't even think the executive producer, Melissa Walker, at that point had any idea just how big this event could be. It's become a fixture in Montclair, and it's become a fixture for Melissa Walker, the executive producer of the festival and the founder of the wonderful organization, Jazz House Kids. Melissa always a pleasure to see you.
3: It is a pleasure to be here. I love seeing you. Love that voice. Thanks for having me.
0: Speaking of wonderful voices, your singing voice has always been a favorite of mine. And I know that you and your husband, Christian McBride, are so proud of what has taken place with the Montclair Jazz Festival. Wednesday, July 27th, you have another installment of the Sound Check series.
3: Yeah, I, I love this one. We're going to bring... Another one of our uh, rising stars to the table, and you will hear uh, Wallace Roney Jr., an incredible trumpeter um, who is out there with his own group. Again, this young person has his his own sound of what he and his own vision for his music, um, and it is grooving. Uh, he is a very talented young man, and of course, many people know him from um, a family. Of that was a part of the lineage of this music. His father, Wallace Roney, the trumpeter, and his mother, uh, the one and only Jerry Allen. And uh, you know what's so great about listening to Wally is that, despite these two giants on on his shoulders, um, you really hear you really hear Wallace. I, I call him Wally. You really hear his music and his personality. Uh, you know, uh, and he's out there playing with a number of groups right now. And one of them is Steve Turay. And he's he's on the road a lot with his own group and, and with others. And then headlining that Soundcheck series, we have organist Akiko Suruga. Um, You know, what you're going to hear is just straight ahead swinging, uh, grooving. You know, again, when you put the organ in any setting, you know you are in for a special treat. Uh, you talk about the jazz lineage and the organ is central to this music. Akiko is a tremendous talent. Um, she's certainly a favorite. We're really glad. This is the her debut performance with the Jazz House and the Montclair Jazz Festival.
0: Now, you've been able to have different events as part of the Montclair Jazz Festival. And through this summer, you will have a number of events again. This has really worked for you because, first of all, it... It gives people an opportunity, if they can't make certain events, to be able to still be a part. And so I, I think it's great strategy, and it's been very successful for you, hasn't it?
3: You, you know, listen, Doug, when you've had to live through a heat wave, you've been closed down with an electrical storm, a state of emergency flood. You know, you you know, it it needed us to think about the festival and bringing music to to people in a in a different way. And again, you know, the last few years really made us t- kind of go inward and say, you know, how can we make the Montclair Jazz Festival uh, a greater and longer experience? And so, the festival is really divided into three segments, and it happens in July, August, and September, and. And July is meant to be a series of evening Wednesday concerts. Again, two acts per, per night. And, you know, when you come out, there's a, a beer and wine garden. Um, there'll be food vendors as well as Pineapple Express right there. And it, it just feels like you're on the street with your friends and having a great night of music. The block party also includes DJ Brother Mister, a.k.a. Chris McBride on the turntable. And it is an, a day-long, we call it a mini-festival. This is actually, Doug, where at the time that the grand finale used to happen. It's the second week in, in August. And actually, that day is very special to us because it is the culmination of our Jazz House Summer Workshop on the campus of Montclair State University. And this year, over 130 young people from across the United States and literally the world will come on that campus and they will be trained in small groups and big band, um, have uh, artists in and out every single day. And then they get to perform at Dizzy's at Lincoln Center, and then their final performance is at the Montclair Jazz Festival and what is now called the block party. And you know, like a good block party, the street is closed off and it's filled with vendors and food and again your your beer and wine garden and there's music rolling all day long. We start at noon and we go till 10. And the first part of the of the program from about noon to 4 you will hear eight large ensembles of young people who have put their music together with some friends and others that they met during this experience and together they bring the music. And after that, we then move to the, um, our highlighted, our featured artists. And then we close off with Christian doing a dance party. And, and I say, there's nothing like watching 500 people doing the electric slide together on the street to say, you know, that there is that, that art brings that higher calling of unity together. And that's what we do. And then we, we will then really dig into the, our grand finale week. This year, we're doing it right after Labor Day. And it will include a number of events throughout the week with Montclair film, um and others and then the grand finale is the downtown jamboree where montclair and the county close a half mile and that and then we just do nothing but put music on three stages from one till nine there will be music that is a a tremendous lineup and at the end of the night we are going to go across to the Wellmont and have a dance party and just dance it up with a turntableist DJ logic.
0: One of the wonderful things about the team of Melissa Walker and Christian McBride and the Montclair jazz festival is what you've already talked about. The meshing of not only different sounds of the music, but different ages and different time periods and different feels back in 2010, I'm sure there are players that were very young at that point and now are seasoned veterans of this music. And you've built this tree. The branches keep going and just keep branching out. And you can call on these people, and they know what you've done for them through the various programs, Jazz House Kids. It has to be so rewarding.
3: Yeah, you know, Doug, I think at this time, you're seeing... I'm beginning to see, and those around us and who've been working here, our donors and our fans who've been watching it, um, you know, the home where we started right here with WBGO, you, you now see at the precipice of our 20th year, you see the coming of age and what, and the full circle, right? This virtual cycle that is created about handing down music. And when you provide access and learning, and career development and community engagement. When you have that quartet, shall we say, working and operating on all cylinders at its very best, you just see this tremendous impact. And so that impact of course is for young people who we help have a gateway to have their voice be heard through the creative process of jazz, but that plants the seeds for them to grow as young people on and off the stage, right? But then what you have is them bring their talent, their hard work to bear, and to bring in tremendously talented artists who've dedicated their life to this art form, to then mentor them as someone mentored them, right? That's that cycle. But then it means they then give back to the audience.
0: You can see my entire conversation with Melissa Walker on the WBGO Facebook page, and you can get much more about the festival at MontclairJazzFestival.org. Thanks for listening to the WBGO Journal. I'm Doug Doyle. Join us next Saturday morning at 5.30 for another edition of the award-winning WBGO Journal. Meanwhile, stay tuned to the world's greatest jazz station, WBGO, and WBGO.org.